Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The New Testament, John the Baptist. Peter's another great one. You can just go through some passages and look at Peter. And of course, Jesus fits that role as well. What are the characteristics of the gift of prophecy? And, and again, don't try to write all these. If you want to write a couple of maybe your own little note as you look at them, that's fine. But let's just talk about these for a moment. What does the prophet have? Well, inside them, they just have to express what they're thinking and you have to hear it. They can't hold it. They got to say it. What comes to your mind when you think of a prophet? Some wild-eyed man with weird clothes yelling at people to get right with God? (laughs) That might have been John the Baptist or what Hollywood wants you to think prophets of God are. But Pastor Mark will be teaching that the Bible indicates that there's a gift of prophecy that's supposed to be used in the body of Christ. This gift, like others spoken of in the New Testament, is for making Christians stronger spiritually. Today, you get to learn how God defines the prophetic gift. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues in this series called Motivational Gifts. If you're a prophet or have a gift of a prophet, when you see this of the Da Vinci Code, your blood starts to boil. And then when you hear that they've sold 40 million copies worldwide, well, the pressure goes up more. And then when you know that there's a full-length movie coming, it's time for spiritual CPR for those of you that are prophets. And because, see, a prophet wants one thing only, truth. If it isn't truth, I'm going to attack it. You're going to see some interesting things as we go through. It's all about truth. And as we begin these specifics on these seven motivational gifts, the first one that we'll see is the gift of prophecy. Let's read verse 6, Romans 12. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Here's the fourth key. We won't review the other three from the other weeks. First thing you have to write down, number four. As we look at this chapter, chapter 12, it's all about thinking properly. We need to think properly about our gift. So I need to understand not only my commitment to Christ, not only who I am, and not what the body of Christ is about, as we talked about potato 
that's the body of Christ. We're all one and we're unique and we're different and we're diverse and yet we're unified. But I have to think properly about my gift. Now, notice as you walk through that in verse 6, to the grace given us. So these are grace gifts. Paul says that whatever gift we have comes from God. It's a grace gift. And he calls this the charismata, which is something given to a person by God. The person didn't acquire it. The person didn't attain it. You and I, we didn't deserve to receive God's forgiveness and His wonderful grace in our life. None of us deserve to go to heaven and have eternal life. We didn't earn our way into the body of Christ. When we got there, we didn't choose our gift. We don't deserve our gift. But God in His wisdom gave every one of us at least one of these seven motivational gifts. He wired us with who we are. Now, turn in your Bibles to Psalms 139. The next thing you need to write is this, and you need to understand this so that when we talk about jealousies later and all these things, it'll make a lot of sense to you. Our gifts, callings, and ministries were placed in us before we were born. So the giftings that you have, the spiritual giftings we're talking about, God gave you before you were born. In Psalm 139, go down to verse 13, David says it like this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And then later, Jeremiah he says this, you don't need to turn there, Jeremiah 1.5. God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you, Jeremiah, as a prophet to the nations. So your gifting, as we go through those seven gifts, God put those in you. We'll see that normally we have a small mix of those, but one is primary. It raises to the top. God put that in you uniquely. That's your gifting. And uh, as he did that, he also in Ephesians chapter 2, you remember, Ephesians chapter 2.10, he created us to do good works using those gifts. So what is my hope? You're going to see later that one of the things we struggle with in the body of Christ, people don't know their gift. And then those who know their gift often don't exercise their gift. So why is this an exciting series? Because once you know it, I'm looking for God to change lots of you. Because now you're going to, well, it just makes sense. And you know you've been wired to do this. Next thing to write is this. These gifts shape our personalities and motivate us into action. That's why they're called the motivational gifts. Different from the ministry gifts we find in 1 Corinthians 12. And then, of course, very different than those that we find that the ministry gifts that are just for the body in Ephesians chapter 4. So these gifts motivate us 
to accomplish God's will in his body. We learned there's this little local body, and then, of course, we have this worldwide body. Most of us have a mixture of these gifts. So you'll see yourself a little bit in all of these gifts. But primarily, you'll see one. It will stick out to you. And you might have one underneath that that's kind of a good mixture as well. So understand, there's going to be a dominant one in you. These seven, realistically, are not an exhaustive list. Most commentators believe that this is a good representation since these are the seven that are here. That's the ones we're going to teach you. But there's other kind of people that believe, well, the gift of hospitality. Some of you tonight are going to be single, and you're going to remain single your whole life because you could care less. Well, that's the gift of celibacy. The rest of us that are married, praise God, we don't have that gift. Those of you that are, there's no big deal to you. You could care less. Well, that's a gift from God. God gave you that. And of course, in the Old Testament, you remember when the tabernacle was built, God said, go pick out these men who are gifted as craftsmen. So there's lots of different other gifts. These seven we're going to talk about. Now, one of the things we have to watch for when you have... Mr. Potato Head, which represents the body of Christ, the feet and the arms and the ears and nose and the eyes and whatever. When you start pulling these guys off of there, they don't operate alone. Hi, how are you? Doesn't operate, can't do it. Can't see you alone, nothing works, whatever. The only thing that works alone is a hat, and it's not alive, so it doesn't matter. As we look at these seven gifts, one of the things that's going to challenge us I have this mentality, me and you, you have it in you. When you find your motivating gift, the one that's dominant, here's the way you think. If everybody had my gift, this world would be a better place. (laughs) Your gifts? Yeah. Now, we don't say that to anybody, but that's kind of how we believe. Now, for sure, the prophet believes that. Because the prophet is the mouth of the body. Always speaking. You say, does anybody have an idea? You know if there's a prophet. It doesn't matter what subject, he or she's going to speak. Here they come. And so this is kind of the way the prophet looks at the gifts in the body. Me and your other weenies out there, little guys that I really don't need you. I might need you once in a while, but I really don't need you too much. So we have to be careful. Actually, as you look at this... You're going to see in a moment, the prophet is black and white. It's either right or it's wrong. Don't debate me. That's the way it is. Now, let's look at the way it really is in the body of Christ. It's exactly like this. God designed his body to be diversified, equal, balanced, in unity, and interdependent. That's how our bodies work. Our natural bodies function, as 1 Corinthians 12 tells us, exactly the same way. So in this fellowship, this is the way God looks at us. With all of these gifts, prophecy, teaching, service, exhortation, giving, organization, mercy. We flow together. We need all of them. Mr. Potato Head needs all of him. I need all of my body to function the way it needs to function. When something doesn't function correct, we talked about that last week, Alzheimer's and things like that, then it affects the whole body. Ever bang your toe, your big toe? Does it affect much of you? The whole body. Ever get an eyelash, ladies, in your eye? Oh, my goodness. That little thing just wrecks havoc in our body. Well, that's exactly what happens. So, God designed our body this way. Now... As you think about working together with our gifts, 
You just saw a band up here. Individuals function with different gifts, but they have to function together. If they didn't function together, one of you at the end would have gone... And that would have been about it. And that's because you're hard of hearing. You couldn't have heard what was going on anyway. But because there was unity and the spirit flowed together, our hearts were unified. We were together. Notice that the gifts are divided into two categories. Speaking gifts and doing gifts. That's the way that God works in the body. Now, if anyone speaks, First Peter 4, if anyone speaks, he should do it. As one speaking the very words of God. That's very important. We'll come back to that later. If anyone serves, there's our two divisions. If anyone speaks, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him, not to me, not to the prophet, not to you, not to our gifts, not to this church. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So these motivational gifts are split into two. The speaking gifts, the doing gifts. The speaking gifts are prophecy, teaching, exhorting, organizing, and leading. The serving gifts are serving, giving, and showing mercy. Now, what is the goal of these things? You say, well, if I'm a speaker or if I'm a doer, what is the goal? Well, here's the goal. You'll see that the New Living Translation says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. I'm not gifted to do all things well. That's why I need you. And that's why you need me. But then the real motivation of this is the New King James really, I think, says it best at the end. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. The whole goal is to use them. It's not to know about them. And the danger of coming to this kind of teaching is, wow, I know what gift I have. What are you going to do with it? Well, I know what gift I have. No, that's not it. We're supposed to use the gift. And again, that's my premise, that as we do this, good stuff is going to take place. Remember, we suffer because much of the church today are, they're spectators. They come, they sit, and they go out and do their deal. But no, God wants us to be part of his work by knowing the gift and using the gift. Now, remember, as we do that, We're going to be held accountable for it. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 tells us how that works. You and I, as we're gifted, God's going to then say to us, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So I'm going to be a steward of my gifting I am a steward. I need to use that. You need to use these grace gifts to minister to him. Now, what's the danger? Here's the danger. As you and I look at the gifts, we can get paralysis of analysis. As we finish going through all of these things, you go, man, and we're going to give you the positive things and the negative things about the gift, and you'll have crampitis. But be careful. You walk out of this building and... Tomorrow morning, God opens a door of opportunity for you, and there's a need there. And you say, well, man, I learned I'm a prophet. 
I don't surf. I don't do stuff. I just say stuff. <laughs> By the way, if you're around that person, do something, would you? Smack them upside the head. So, see, next thing you want to write. Very important you write this. When God opens the door of opportunity, He wants us to minister. To minister to anyone, anywhere, at any time. Forget your analysis of your gift. Well, I think this gift needs a giver. And I'm a teacher. No, just serve. All of us are servants. So really, as we go through these seven gifts, all of us will be a little of every one of those. You'll see that. I can't wait to get to the gift of teaching, because that's huge in our homes with our children. Huge. So it's not just in a church. These gifts God uses all over the place. So let's begin to remember now we're going to try to discover the gifts, recognize, acknowledge, and use our gifts. So we begin. Most of us in Florida have sunglasses. And if these sunglasses were, uh, I don't know who these are, but they came from the lost and found. They're yours. You can pick them up. I didn't steal them. They came from the lost and found. Probably they're with your Bible that you've forgotten for... That's a prophet speaking. It's a prophet speaking. If these are brown, what does the hues look like out there? They look brown. What if they're yellow? Well, they're kind of yellow. If they're blue, they're... So whatever kind of glass you put on, you kind of see things that way. Here's the problem. If I'm a prophet, I really see the world as a prophet. I don't see it like you look at it because I'm not wired like you. If I'm a teacher, if I'm a giver, if I'm a person with compassion. So that's going to explain some things to you. As we go through all of this, and you begin to look at these verses and go, wow, by the way, you need to write this down. Your gift colors all you see, how you see the world. So as we go through this, there's going to be some of these. Uh Aha! You you finally see yourself, or maybe like this, wow, now I know why my wife is like that, or my husband's like that. I heard someone teaching this uh, a while ago, and I thought it was a great thing. They said this, in a marriage, if you have the gift of giving, prayerfully you married somebody that has the gift of getting. Make sense? And as we look at this combination, oh, it, boy, you're just going to open you up and you're going to get this incredible understanding of how God did it. Now, what if I designed the body of Christ? What if I designed, with my giftings, if I designed the body of Christ, what in the world would it look like? Aren't you glad you and I didn't design the body of Christ? We'd look so weird and it would be so weird. God did. Now, Let's talk about the first gift, the gift of prophecy. What is the gift of prophecy all about? Two things. It's declaring truth, a call to righteousness. In the Old Testament specifically, a prophet was God's mouthpiece. Whether it was a man or a woman, they spoke for God. They gave forth his message. This gift more in the Old Testament than the New Testament, had to do with foretelling or predicting what was going to take place. Now we have a lot of that. 
Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, end time things, all kinds of things were very predictive, foretelling this prophet. But also with that gift in the Old Testament, they didn't just foretell the prophet, but there was foretelling. They were giving truth. Come back to God. Quit sinning. Israel, come on back. Now, when you move to the New Testament and you move to the gift of prophecy, basically there is a little bit of this foretelling, not too much, Agabus, some people like that we saw through, of course, John would do some of that in the book of Revelation, but most of it is simply foretelling. It's simply declaring God's truth, and didn't matter who was there, doesn't matter what the environment was, the prophet just says, I'm going to bring you comfort, I'm going to bring you warning, I'm going to bring you guidance. And it's truth from God. If you're a prophet and that's one of your major things, let's see if this sounds like you. I am candid and open in expressing what I think and feel. I'm a bold person. I always speak the truth, even at the risk of confronting my superiors. I always speak the truth, even if it causes pain and hurts feelings. If those start ringing with you, then probably you have this a good mix of a prophet. Biblical examples are all over the place. Old Testament, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jonah, Deborah, as a judge, we'll read a little about her in a moment. The New Testament, John the Baptist, Peter's another great one. You can just go through some passages and look at Peter. And of course, Jesus fits that role as well. What are the characteristics of the gift of prophecy? And again, don't try to write all these. If you want to write a couple of maybe your own little note as you look at them, that's fine. But let's just talk about these for a moment. What does a prophet have? Well, inside them, they just have to express what they're thinking and you have to hear it. They can't hold it. They got to say it. Now, quit laughing and poking your spouse. We don't need any more marriage counseling. We have plenty on the docket already. But you can begin to picture these kind of individuals. Why would I say Peter had the gift of a prophet? Anytime you say, if you look at a passage of Scripture, who's going to speak first? Pete. He's just going to speak. He'll give it to you. Of course, we'll see in a moment, John the Baptist, the same thing. Second one. A prophet sees things... Only black and white. There's no gray. There's absolutely no gray. It's either this way or it's no other way. Kind of, if you remember the old days, a prophet is the Ralph Nader of Christianity. That's the way it is. Persuasive, open, ready to go, share it. With that desire to speak, that just have to speak comes number three. They're fairly outspoken and frank. They're the people that are the defenders of biblical truth. Now you're going to see as you go through that, how important is that? In this day and age, how important is that? Huge. That's why when they see the Da Vinci Code, it just goes right up because they know it's all it's a novel and it's all kind of stuff rolled into one portrayed by the enemy as truth but it's not truth at all 
In his teaching today, Pastor Mark started his dive into the specific gifts that God's given to his body. He started teaching about the gift of prophecy. You found out examples in the Bible of people who were prophets or had the characteristics of someone with the gift of prophecy. You learned about the personality traits people with this gift have. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will get further into the personality traits of someone who might have the gift of prophecy. You'll also learn more about what the gift is and what someone with the gift does in the church. Pastor Mark will give you the pluses and minuses of this gifting and how to be the best vessel for God to be able to use this gifting for His glory. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear